At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We're going to begin today talking about vision. I've got several different directions I want to go with this, several different components I want to add to what I believe vision is, and you and I understanding vision for our lives in a personal way, and what vision is in the church corporately. Um, you know, you, you and I are, we were created spirit beings. We were created in the image of God, and God is spirit, and so the way you created, you were created spirit. You weren't created flesh first, you were created like God first. And so you and I are spirit beings. We're not like angels, we're not like animals. Um, some people act like animals, but we're not animals. Amen? We are spirit beings. And so, the reason that the flesh doesn't work correctly, if you don't have spiritual vision, is because you were created spirit. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a physical body. Your body is not you. When people see you, they see your body, but that's not you. The real you is the spiritual part of you. And we've got to understand that. And to, to understand it is to be able to tap into vision and understanding that comes only from God. True vision comes from God. You can have a personal vision that you create, you know, um, I can use myself for this example, but I'm, I'm just thinking of a couple other people that I know personally. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't, not giving their names or anything, but just, you know, people that I know, family, that created vision for themselves at a very early age based on survival. They had to create a vision and a purpose because they didn't know God at a young age. They had no understanding of God and family life was falling apart. And so they had to create a vision for themselves within themselves, their own ideas, things that they kind of liked at the moment and tried to create their life and center their life around this vision that they created. People do it all the time. And most people, no, no, I can't say most because I don't know most people. A lot of people that I know have created vision for survival. And I was in that boat and I was living my life trying to survive before I met God. And even after I met God, I was still surviving. But there came a day when I realized this isn't going to work. This plan that I've created for myself is not going to work because it wasn't God's plan. But I, I didn't figure that out three days after I got born again. I figured that out about ten years after I got born again or whatever. Eight or ten years after I got born again, I began to understand that what I was doing, some of the things that I was doing and that I had aspirations for were out of kind of default. 
There was nothing else, and there's nothing else I could put my trust in. And then when I got born again, then the Bible says you're supposed to trust God, but you got to develop that trust. And in the developing of that trust comes the vision. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today, just some foundational things. And like I said, today and uh, next Sunday, and then, and then Sunday morning, we'll finish what I'm starting today concerning vision. Um, I like this passage of Scripture found in Proverbs 29 and verse 18. I'm going to read it in the King James Version and then in the New King James Version. King James says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The New King James translation is, where there is no revelation, and um, I think it's the Amplified that says, where there's no redemptive revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law, or that being the word who keeps the Word. Happy is who, he who keeps the Word. But without redemptive revelation, which is understanding who God is, what He did for us, where He's positioned us, what our rights are to His kingdom, as that is developed, it creates vision. Where there is no redemptive revelation, when you're on your own and you're doing it yourself, people cast off restraint. Well, what, what, what restraint are we talking about? Vision keeps you in line. Lack of vision, it's, well, whatever goes, goes. Whatever feels right today, that's what we're going to do. Well, we're going to try this job for a while or this career for a while, and when we get tired of this one, we'll do something else. Why? Because there's no redemptive revelation, and when there's no redemptive revelation, there's no ability to hear from God what His plan and purpose is. Because everybody sitting in here today, and me standing in here today, every one of us sitting here today, and everybody on the planet has a plan that God set in place before the foundation of the world. We talk about that a lot around here. Before the foundation of the world, God had a plan for your life. I've said this many times, just using it as an example, but I was raised in a home where my father was a golf professional, so I played golf. <clears throat> and I had aspirations and desires to, you know, I, I turned professional. I was going to be a professional golfer. I was going to win the Masters. I was going to win all that could be won out there, and, and, and I had all these ideas, but then, then I got born again. And when I got born again, something changed internally. God didn't take golf away from me, but what I found out was, I mean, after many years trying to, you know, give it up, God, it was like it had to be extracted from me because it was my identity. 
But through the years, what I realized was that wasn't the plan God had for me before the foundation of the world. Oh, Pastor, what was his plan? You're looking at it. That was his plan for my life, but that's what I said I would never do. I always said I would never. This was not my aspiration to pastor. To stand up here to you and minister from the Word of God, that was not what I wanted to do. In fact, I said it many times. I don't know what I'll do in life after I got born again, but I will never be a pastor. Because I didn't like the pastors I knew, but I didn't really know them. I just knew them from a distance, and I didn't like the way they looked, and I didn't like what they said, and I didn't like how grumpy most of them were. That's not, not, that doesn't mean all pastors were grumpy, but the ones that I knew from a distance, they seemed to be real grumpy. I didn't like it. I wasn't going to be that. But God had a different plan, and it took a while, but he, as He began to speak to me, and then I got married, and then we knew for sure that's what God's plan was for our life. But in a personal way, you have to know what God has planned for your life. And where you're at today, it doesn't matter if He has a different plan for your life. He will develop in you the ability to know what that is so that if something changes from what you're doing today, you'll do it because that's what He wants, and then you'll have a desire to do it because your desire is to do what He wants more than you doing what you want. But He will never force anything on you. I had a friend in the valley who was a uh, manager of a car dealership, Chrysler dealer down in, in, uh, in McAllen, Texas. And, uh, you know, I used, to, I used to, I had my own business, but I would go to the dealerships and I'd do work at those dealerships. And, you know, I began to minister to him over a period of time. And, you know, one of the things he'd always tell me, he said, you know, I, I, I want to I do what you're doing. I, I want to accept your God, but man, sure, sure I do. Sure as I do, he, he's going to send me to China. You know, he was so afraid that God was going to do something that would take him out of his comfort zone and where he was at. And I would tell him, I said, God will never do anything that you're not in agreement with. Some people think, well, God can do whatever God wants to do. Yeah, but God set it up for you to choose. If you're doing something today that's not God's ultimate plan for your life, if you're doing that today, and God reveals to you what that is and you choose not to do it, it's not going to come on you and overtake you. You have to choose to do it His way. And when you do, and you get connected to Him, this verse of, in, in Proverbs 29 says, happy are you. Fulfilled are you in your life. You become happy and fulfilled because the Word of God, the redemptive revelation of God, is establishing something in you and giving you the ability to hear from Him and know exactly what He wants you to do. That's true vision. Knowing what God wants you to do and then you fulfilling it. He wants us to be those people in this day and hour. In... in 2022, I challenged you at the beginning of last year, in January, about this time last year, I challenged you to read a proverb a day. 
in different translations as you would read through it. When you'd get to the 31st chapter, then the the next day when you start on chapter 1 to change to a different translation. And many of you stuck with that. It, It literally changed my life, and I didn't think it could. But it changed my life, and it changed my thinking. It established some things in me that I didn't know needed to be established because of reading a proverb a day, not two proverbs, one. And what came out of that was a long list of specific scriptures in the, book of, in the whole book of Proverbs that, that have jumped out at me through the year. I have a whole list that I speak those every day also. And in this year, I encourage you to keep doing that. If, you're, if you haven't done that, I'd encourage you to do it now. If you have done it, uh, this is what I'm going to say to you. Ask God if you're to continue to do that. And if you are, keep doing it. You, you may only do it just every once in a while. You'll read a proverb. But for me, what's really strong on my heart is, is the scriptures that came out to me that really began to do something inside of me in 2022 from the book of Proverbs. Those are what I'm declaring every day. If, if, if it worked that way for you, I'd enc- I really encourage you to continue to do that. In 2022, we talked about the wisdom of God revealed, that that was the purpose of the church, that through the church, God's multifaceted wisdom may be known to the, to the principalities, the powers, rulers of the darkness, that we walk in the authority that God created us to walk in. We talked about it all year in different forms and fashion. We talked about it all year. I continue and encourage you to continue to expect the wisdom of God and to understand the wisdom of God and understand what is produced from your daily routines that we talked about and, and went through and went over. And we even, we've even uh, started in, in the fall semester of our Connect Equip, we did a class on building a daily routine. We're doing it again this semester on, on what it means to build a daily routine in the Word of God. That's who we are. That's who God made this body of believers to be. We, we are believers receiving the redemptive revelation of God and teaching people how to take the Word, apply it to their life, and that Word change your life. And that Word actually create vision that you've never had before. And listen, that vision will be developed and continue to evolve for the rest of your life. Vision doesn't stop. I don't care this morning if you're 15 years old sitting in here, you know, or you're 90 years old sitting in here. It doesn't matter. Vision continues to evolve. When you understand this, then you never, you will never get locked down in your life from retirement. You don't retire. You may, you may be at the end of one phase of your life. Maybe you had a career for 30, 40, 50 years or something like that, and you came to the end of that and you're done with that, but you're just rehiring into the next thing that God has for you. You understand what I'm saying? Life is not about you turn 65 and you retire and you sit and do nothing. At 65, I showed you a statistic this last year that at 65, between 60 and 70 years old, it's some of the most productive years of a person's life. 
You don't want to take the lies that are out there that at past a certain age, you're pretty much washed up and of no good. Some of your best years are between 60 and 80 years old. Some of your best years. And, you know, you can rewrite the, the statistics and say that your best years are from 80 to 100. It just depends on whether you have vision or not. It depends on whether you have vision. Listen, vision will quicken your mortal body. It'll give your body strength to get up in the morning and to do things, even, even if there's pains or ailments or things like that. It'll give you vision to get up, begin to speak over your body instead of take the ailments. Because the Bible says, by His stripes, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm well. Can you say amen? So, in this 2023, I heard, I, I use this phrase a lot. You've heard me say this through the years many, many times. But uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, talked about vision for 2023, and he said the, it's the year of the Word of God being final authority that settles everything in your life. I've believed that for many, 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 many years. But when he said it, something just jumped in me. Because it goes along with what we've talked about, what, what, what we're establishing, that God's Word is final authority that settles everything in your life. So that means when you're experiencing something maybe that you feel, you're experiencing something that you see, you're experiencing some type of emotion that goes against the Word of God, what has to develop inside of you, and that's where vision comes in. When you have vision of God's Word, when there's no redemptive revelation of God, people perish. But when people keep the Word, and the Word becomes final authority that settles everything in their life, there's not anything you can't do and accomplish. And there's not anything that you can't overcome. See, if that's not true, then God's Word isn't true. Because I can sit here, I can stand here for the next probably 15, 20 minutes, and I can confess to you, I can declare specific scriptures that back that up. He said, in the world there is much tribulation, but what? Be of good cheer. In the world, there is much tribulation. But I've overcome the world. No, he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> he just, dang it, he happened to slip in our part. And our part is, when... I'm in the world and I'm dealing with things on a day-to-day -day basis and they aren't lining up with the Word and they're trying to get the best of me and create stress and pressure and all this kind of stuff. Be of good cheer. What does that mean? Brighten up. Begin to rejoice and acknowledge how great God is out of your mouth. Begin to know that what He says, it will come to pass even if it doesn't look that way, even if I don't feel like that, and you can't deny the way it looks and the way you feel. 
But you can deny the way you feel and the way things look to remain it to remain that way because everything in God is subject to change. But I have to have that redemptive revelation of God. Otherwise, what do I do? Cast off the restraint. See, the word restrains you. The word reminds you. When you wake up in the morning and you feel like you don't want to get up, you feel like you don't want to do it again, you don't want to put one foot in front of the next, if you allow the Word of God to begin to come out of your mouth, the Bible says the Word of God quickens our mortal bodies. And the more I speak it, the more I speak the Word of God, I'm speaking the will of God where my life is concerned, and the more I'm speaking it, the more it's becoming a part of me. It's not just knowing it in your head, but experiencing it in your heart. That's the key to true vision. And this year, this year, we are declaring that the Word of God is final authority to settle everything in our lives, and what we preached at Word First and before Word First regarding the commanded blessing, that we have the authority to command the blessing in everything that we face, not just for us, but for the lives of others. We have that authority, like we never have. So, I gave you um, three definitions, and I'm, I'm... I'm going to show you these on the screen, and I want to talk about these, and then I want to read the foundational scripture that we had for Word First Conference, Deuteronomy 28.8. But in talking about the blessing, talking about the Word of God being final authority, talking about this commanded blessing, I want to define these specific words, the word blessing first. God's favor God's protection, God's prosperity, and ultimately, God's goodness. That commanded blessing is what is on our life through the blood of Jesus Christ, empowering us to enforce that on a day-to-day basis. The word prosperity from one of the definitions or one of the the synonyms of, of the word blessing, the word prosperity that I'm defining here is peace, joy, advancement, thriving, sufficient. When a person is in prosperity, when that commanded prosperity, which is the blessing of God, when that is on your life, there's peace. There's joy, there's advancement, there's thriving and sufficiency in your life. Why? Because of the vision you have from God that that is His will for your life. Everything I just mentioned to you right here is God's will for your life. I'm going to say it again. It is God's will for your life to be at peace, to have joy to advance, not going back, not taking one step forward and five steps back. That's not the plan of God. There's seasons of those kind of things happening, but eventually you get on top of that because of the vision you have from Him. Not because of how good you are, 
but because of the vision you have from Him. For you to thrive and for you to be sufficient, to have more than enough in every situation, I don't care what it is. He's already established that in your life. He's already blessed you. Can you say amen? We talked about the word command. To command is to charge, to set in place, to enforce. The thing, when you, when you start talking about our part in the kingdom, not so much, it's not as much anymore, but it used to be something that was very uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially in the Christian world. The natural, just the people that weren't saved, they could handle it, I felt like. But when you started talking about the authority that we have in God to command things, it would make people nervous, like we were commanding God or we were commanding something that we made up. No, no, no. No, we are the enforcers. I like that word. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like an enforcer. Yeah, you look like one. Come on, tell somebody. Come on, tell somebody. You look like an enforcer. Come on. But that's what we are. What are we here to enforce? God's will. Can you say amen? We are here to enforce the will of God. God's will is His word. It's His way. And when I'm enforcing the will of God in my life or in other areas that He tells me to enforce it, what I'm enforcing is the vision that I've gotten from Him. Because you're not going to enforce something that really actually produces unless it's a part of you. Where there's no redemptive revelation of God, which is vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. They're not advancing. Uh, They're not in peace. They're not in joy. They're not thriving and sufficient in every area of their life because that's who God is. And when He gives you vision for your life from Him and you begin to do the vision, then it fulfills everything that His Word said it will fulfill. That's why we have to learn this. That's why your daily routine is so vital. That's why we've started teaching this six-week class on building a daily routine, why that it is so absolutely important to know how to build a daily routine and make it part of your life because it creates the vision that you need to know what God puts you here for and that if God puts you here to fulfill something, He'll make sure it comes to pass. Again, you you, you may say, yeah, well, you know, that's, that's good for younger people. I'm young. You know, I'm young. Youthfulness is based on how you are internally. You can be 35, 40 years old and and be old because you think that way. Maybe things didn't happen for you when you were 20 years old like maybe they did for someone else. So you think, well, you know, I'm defeated, I'm shot, nothing's going to ever work for me, nothing's going to ever happen. You know, I'm washed up or whatever. You can feel that way when you're 35, 40 years old. It's not about an age. I was, I was uh, getting oil changed in my car the other day. 
was a place where I get my old change, and there was a gentleman that was definitely older than I was in there. You know, I don't know how old he was, but he was definitely older. And uh, I don't know how our conversation got started, but he, he just started, he asked me a couple of questions about myself, you know, and I, to start off with, you know, there won't be much conversation if you tell people you're a pastor, so I just tell them I'm in public relation, right? And I am. I'm relating to the public right now, right? Right. I'm not lying. You know, and if it would have gone farther about me, and it never did, we just talked about him for the rest of the time. But uh, come to find out, he was 88 years old, and he lives in, he lives here, but he has a business in San Antonio. And he, he lives in San Antonio in a condo next to his business three days a week, and then he commutes back and forth. And uh, been doing it for 35 years, and he had had uh, another career for 30 years previous to the 35 that he's had right now. And, uh, and I, I asked him, I said, so what about retirement? And he said, well, people ask me that all the time. And he said, I tell them, what am I going to retire to? And, and he goes, he said, so I, I'm going to, I don't know, whatever, whatever comment that people make, John Wayne used to make this comment about being six feet under or some kind of deal like that. That was his comment. He said, I'm going to work and I'm going to do what I'm doing until I'm six feet under or whatever, however he said it. But the man had vision, you know, and whether his vision had come from God or not, the man had vision and he was fulfilling that. And he was 88 years old and, and got around and was strong and doing things that I've seen 50-year-olds not do. I mean, and all I did was see him sitting in a chair and getting up and walking out and getting in his car. And I could just tell that man had vision internally that created life on the inside of him that was empowering him to accomplish things in the earth. How much more? How much more? Whether that man's saved or born again or not, I don't know, and I wasn't led to ask him those questions or anything at that moment. Uh, God didn't lay that on my heart. But I have an opportunity to connect with that man again in the future. I'll take the opportunity because he gave me the opportunity to, you know, call him and we'd have coffee or something like that. I, you know, whatever, whatever works out, God will show me. But it was more about connecting with what he had going on in his life and he had vision. And I'm telling you, people in the natural, in many cases, have greater vision than people in the church. And God wants you and I in the church to have vision through the redemptive revelation of God, through the revelation of His Word. And when it's established in us, we're able to help other people understand how you do that. Because you know how you have vision with God? Only one way. There's only one way to have vision from God. One way. Everybody say one. No, there's not two. There's not a dozen different ways. Ah, you know, it's however it just works out. No, 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 no. There's one way to have vision with God. By faith. You can't have vision any other way. So that means when you're walking out this understanding from God's Word and applying it to your life, there are going to be some things that your natural mind says, oh, that sounds kind of crazy. Now, could that really be God? 
you've got to believe that you've heard from God, and you've got to walk that out, and that takes time. That takes development. That's why people bail so many times from their vision that comes from God. And when your vision that comes from God gets established, all the other things will take their place. Or if you don't wait for God's vision, then you've got to go establish vision for yourself out of survival and out of needing to make something for yourself. I wouldn't teach this if this wasn't serious, but this is serious. Because at the end of the day, one day, you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ, and you're going to be held accountable for what you did with your life. You, you, you me, all of us. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be afraid of God. I'm saying you're going to stand there. And in this life, what He wants is people just developing their understanding of who He is and what He has for you. Not what we have to sell out for. God doesn't want you and I to sell out for anything. He wants us to know Him and know everything He has for us and allow Him step by step to reveal to us that plan and how to walk it out, how to receive it, how to embrace it. Without that, we cast off restraint and we become God of our own lives. That's how serious it is. It's a serious thing. It's not a scary thing. It's a serious thing. Nothing is scary with God. You don't have to be afraid of God. But you do have to choose to want to do things God's way and allow the Word to reveal to you what that is. It's like I hear people, I can hear people saying, yeah, but how do you do it? But how do you accomplish this? I can hear people all the time. That's why we teach it all the time. And we won't back off from it. And we're going to stay with it until the Word proves to you. Many of you in here, the Word has proven that to you. But we've got to go higher. We've got to go deeper. We've got to accomplish things. And we have to always be challenged with the Word of God. Always. Can you say amen? So, I just want to read, I'm just going to read I'm going to read two verses of Scripture. One found in Ephesians 1-3. i got to figure out how I'm going to tie this thing up today. I could go in about four different directions. So, I want to end this today with these, the two thoughts that I gave you about the Word of God being final authority in the earth and the commanded blessing coming from us through that Word. I want to end this and back it up 
back up those two statements with it's more than two verses. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. What kind of blessing? Spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So people say, well, so see, he's not talking about natural blessings. Yeah, but when you look at that word, when you look at that in the literal, it's not in contrast to the natural, but that it comes from the Holy Spirit. So when I receive the blessing from the Holy Spirit, it works its way on me and out of me and on every part of my life. You can't separate the natural and the spiritual. Not in this dispensation of time you can't. You think of, you think of say, you, you know, somebody saying, well, you know, we, you just have to live a spiritual life and forget the natural life. <laughs> no, not the world I live in. You forget the natural things and they're going to come after you. But if it doesn't start with the spiritual blessing that He's already blessed you with in Christ Jesus and understanding how that's on your life and that He's given you authority to command that in every area of your life, financially, physically, where, where joy is concerned, where peace is concerned, where every area, I don't care what it is, He's empowered us to command that blessing. We're the enforcers of what He already did. We're not doing something new. We're enforcing what He says is so. And that's what has to be established. Now watch this. We read this last week. I'm going to read it again, Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together, where? In those same heavenly places. The word places is in italics. It was added. The same heavenlies. Where is Jesus? At the right hand of the Father. And there's a big chair there at the right hand of the Father because there's room for Him and you. And you're not sitting under Him, you're sitting with Him. Did, Did I read it? I'm just telling you what the Word says. And made us sit together in heaven in Christ Jesus. So we've been empowered at the right hand of the Father because of what He did. And now in the earth, when we receive that spiritual blessing... When it's working in our life, when we've got the redemptive revelation of God working in our life, now we're here to enforce what He says is so. He's already done everything He's going to do. Now, you and I have to receive that we've been made joint heirs with the anointing, not with the deity. We've been made joint heirs with the anointing. And the same anointing that was on him is the same anointing that raised us from the dead, that raised him from the dead, raised us up in, in, in spiritually, made us alive with him. And now we're seated at the right hand of the Father with him, and you've got to understand how to go from there to here and take what he's done, and when I receive what he's done for me and I have vision from him, I can accomplish anything that he tells me I can accomplish. You realize in this earth, 
you can do anything that he says you can do. That's why we got to hear his voice. That's why we got to know how real it is from him. Can you say amen? And then I'm going to end with this verse. In talking about that word being final authority to settle everything in our lives, the word final authority that will settle every issue that we face. I said the word of God will settle every issue that you and I have. Take a moment and think about issues that you have right now that are not taken care of. Where, where is the battle with those issues? In our minds, right? Battle's in our mind. And what is the, there's an enemy out there. How many believe there's an enemy out there? There's a real enemy out there. His name's the devil. He's got demon spirits that work overtime to try to convince us that what we see and the way things appear are more real than what God has promised. That's what their job is. That's all they do. Did you hear me? And this word, this verse of Scripture, shows us what the Word does for us. Okay? This verse of Scripture, and it's found in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. For the Word of God is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We'll pick this up next week and go into this a little bit more. But here lies the key to overcoming every false vision, every false thought, every false idea that is not from God. So if you're not spending time in the Word, nothing is discerning for you. You're not a good discerner of right and wrong, but the Word is in you. Did you hear what I said? You're not a good discerner because without God, you're going to base things on what you see with your five physical senses, what, what you see, what you hear, how things appear to be, how things taste, how, whatever it is. All the natural stuff is going to talk you out of doing it God's way. But if you've established a daily routine in the Word and you understand how to develop that, the Word does the work. He's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. Man, I can't tell you how many times through the years in my life my heart was wrong. I had good intentions, but my heart was wrong. And when the Word of God changes that, and you do what's right because it's right, whoo, glory to God. There's no end to what God can do in and through you. And there's no end to the fulfillment of vision that God gives you. Why? Because He can trust you. As you become a doer of the Word, and that Word 
becomes more real to you. It becomes final authority. When something happens, when you get some ailment in your body and you know you have a right to be healed, that you go to God and His Word and you stay with it. Many times, there's something wrong in your body, God will tell you to go to the doctor. God will tell you to take something or do something. But never leave the Word out, leave the word out of the equation. But don't not do something in the natural until the revelation comes in your life. And I don't care if it's three years, five years, ten years from now. Stay on the Word. Thank God for doctors and medicines and things that were good and that helped people in situations. Because many of us, myself included, at certain times of our lives, we, we wouldn't have made it without doctors or those kind of natural things. But that doesn't change the Word. The Word says, by His stripes, we were healed. And if I were, I am. But i got to get that inside of me because it doesn't work if you don't believe it. It's not God trying to hold something back. He already did it. Jesus already went to the cross. He already accomplished it. It's already finished. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. We're sitting there with Him. And what He doesn't want you to be doing is sitting there at the right hand of the Father asleep. He's alive. I'm telling you, I have such great faith for each and every one of you today to have vision about your lives like you've never had before. Vision is arising in your life like never before. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.